Isn't it great to be in God's house here this morning? We've got more people coming in and um, it's a long weekend, so you're doing really well to be here at church this morning because we've got a lot of people away as well. We just want to um, welcome you here this morning on this beautiful day and we just want to announce just a couple of um, key things this morning. First of all, over the next few weeks, we're going to celebrate three significant anniversaries here in this church. Three, peop- three couples have been married for 60 years, 50 years and 40 years. Ron and Ada for, guess how many? <laughs> 60 years. Doug and Dell, 50. And Dave and Barb Kavner, 40 years. So let's give them a big, big round of applause. Congratulations. That is just, I've actually got goosebumps. I just think that is incredible. Just what a blessing you are to us here in this church. Thank you. Thank you for honouring us with the way you honour each other. Also, um, this week, Ian Shermer, a member of our church, his father died uh, this week. And we just want to extend our deepest sympathies, our condolences and our love to Ian and the members of his family. Also at the end of the service, small group leaders, not small group members, small group leaders, there are the next set of series to the small groups living church at the information desk. So if you could go and pick those up for your small group and any small group member Um, please approach your small group leader for those booklets for your small groups this week. Lots and lots of other things in the bulletin, castaways going away on the 16th of September, men's breakfast, it's all contained in your bulletin. So please uh, have a look at that. Let's just pray now for this morning and our service. Loving Jesus, we we just want to come before you. Father God, we thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us on the cross at Calvary. And we never, ever take that for granted. And we never, ever take that lightly. We are here and we love you and we know you. And your love and your Holy Spirit abounds in us as a result of the cross. Only the cross ever set before us and as we come together together here this morning your people a gathering of the ecclesia lord we thank you and we give praise for all that you have done for us and how you unite us in love together and this morning lord as we come to continue in our series living church we're going to look lord jesus at how your heart desires above uh, many things for us to grow, to become more and more like you. So we would pray that we could do this every day, just go deeper and to become just that little bit more, more like you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. In a moment, we're going to ask John and Mark Docking to come up the front. But just before they do, have a look at this DVD.
on this work, we are holding a 20-minute session after church next week. So anyone who wants to follow up on what you've just seen, we're also also available to talk to groups within the church who would like to know more. So uh, just contact us. Our work is voluntary and we are using the income from our home rental and gifts from family and friends toward our support. If you'd like to support us financially and you feel you're able to, please look at the information in your bulletin and see how you can enter into this work with us. We are suggesting uh, $21.60 per month or approximately $5 per week. Marg and I have explored the possibility of working with the Yao people in Malawi, but with guidance from Mark Holt and Global Interaction, we will see that their work, that we saw that their work was not ready for plumbing and midwifery training. It's important to us that this church maintains them as our main focus and remains committed to their care. We were formally accepted by AE in October last year as interns. We leave in five weeks and are available for up to, two, for up to a two-year term, depending on uh, circumstances, our health and seeing if we continue to meet the local needs. More than financial needs, we need a support base that we can rely on to anchor us in prayer and enable Marg and I to have the confidence that we belong to a loving church family here in Wodonga. We want to share with you our successes and our difficulties over this venture. We are committed to being your representatives amongst those in need in Uganda. We would love to make ourselves available for a future mission trip while we are there. We hope this time away from family and friends and workplace will be firmly anchored in your prayers and support. See us after church at the Mission Watch Notice Board or contact, contact us during the week. Thank you. Hang on. It's very exciting, isn't it? Marg and John, uh, two years overseas in Africa, and we're very excited for you guys too. Thanks, John. And as a church, uh, we want to really get behind them. Um, and so uh, we'll be uh, updating you constantly, and we want you to know that as a church, we will be supporting them um, this year through um, our mission giving. We hope that will be significant, but we would love you to have the opportunity personally to get behind them as well. So there is an opportunity to respond today and we'd love you to just to be part of that if you're able. And uh, they'll be at the back, as you said, but why don't we just pray for them right now. God, we're just so thankful that you not only save us, but you work in our lives to make us more like you. And God, we thank you for Marg and John, that they have seen that you weep about situations in Africa, that you uh, care for the people there. And God, we thank you that you have called them and strengthened them and now they're ready to go. Five weeks, God. Help us to, in that time, uh, really uh, get behind them and support them. And we pray that today would be just a significant day for them. Lord, be their strength, be their guidance. Undertake for everything in this new venture, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great stuff. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church today. It's great to, to see you. Um, we do know that for this, uh, this week, it's been a um, pretty, pretty tough week for a couple of families. Alan Prentice's father died this week, 
and uh, up in uh, Canberra, uh, the funeral's taken place and um, they're uh, grieving as uh, Alan's father died after a long battle with illness. And um, as we said earlier, Ian Shermer's uh, father died as well this week. And we just want you to know, Ian, and the whole family who are with you today. You know, our thoughts and our prayers are with you all. And we know um, he's a great man and uh, you're going to miss him terribly. And uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys at this point. Why don't we just pray at this time? God, thank you that you're a God of comfort. And even in the midst of uh, times which seem really difficult, you're with us. God, thank you that we can cry out to you no matter where we are and, and what we're facing. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I wonder this morning if you can remember uh, the moment it was when you actually put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I remember I was 14 and late at night in the middle uh, of a, a dark night, everyone else had gone to sleep. No one knew uh, what, that I was still awake, but I just couldn't sleep. And I was thinking through my life and just a young teenage boy was wrestling with God and who he was and how if he was real and if he really did love me and die for me, then I would give my life for him. It was in the midst while everyone else slept. No one knew what was going on. I said, Lord Jesus, if you're real, please forgive me. Please come into my life. Be my Lord and Saviour. Has it, has it happened for you in your life? Like, has there come to a point where you have actually made that decision? If you have, I wonder this morning, if you can think back to that time, that wonderful moment when you were born again, when you actually understood for the very first time what Jesus had done for you. In, in that moment, you repented of your sin. You acknowledged it. And you actually said to God, I'm sorry for all I've done. And not only that, is you turned from your sin and turned to Christ and you put your faith and trust in him as your Lord and your Saviour. And perhaps you didn't know all the things that you were doing, but you put your trust in him. And at that moment, at that moment, in an instant, God heard your prayer. Your sins were washed away. As you looked to Jesus and his death on the cross for your forgiveness, that he was taking upon himself your sins, in that moment, your sins were washed away by the blood of Jesus. Whether you felt it or not, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. God filled you. Not only that, you became a child of God. He adopted you into his family. You were forgiven. You became alive to God. So you could speak to him and pray to him and worship him and love him and express all of that to him. And your life now would no longer end but live eternally 
with God. Your name was written in that moment in the book of life forever. Just in a moment. Just in a moment. As you put your faith and trust in him. You went from a sinner far from God to one who, when God looks on you through Jesus, you're right. You're righteous. You're holy. You're set apart. You're his. God declared you right in his eyes. What a moment. Can you remember it? This was all by God's grace. It was all because of God's mercy and through faith in Jesus Christ. May, may you never forget that. May we never forget that. May we always be thankful to God. In fact, I think right now, why don't we sing together amazing grace as we remember that first moment when we put our trust in him. Let's sing. Please stand. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear, the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing The Lord has promised good to me. My word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, 
my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever will be forever mine you are forever mine thank you lord for this amazing grace amen It still brings tears to our eyes, doesn't it? Just remembering those first decisions that we make, that first decision, those first days and, and weeks. But if you're anything like me, when I made that decision at 14 years old, it wasn't long before I realised that making a decision to follow Christ doesn't mean that now I am all that he declared me to be. Uh, I still sinned after that decision. This can come as a bitter disappointment to people who think that now that I've given my life to Jesus and surrendered to him, now he's declared me holy and righteous in his sight. Now I will go from here to live immediately a sinless life. Basking in his glory. For me, it came disappointingly quickly. And I know that for many of you, that's been your experience. But this experience makes sense, doesn't it? Because when we first come to Christ, when we first put our trust in him, the truth is we are babes in Christ. We come to him and we don't know what it is to live in relationship with him. So we're immature We're just like newborn little baby Christians trying to take our first steps, trying to say our first words to God. And we stumble and fall and fumble in those early days. And many people who come to that place and know that the way they're living after they've made that decision is not how God made them to be. They know that he wants us to be holy as he's holy. They, they know that God has called us and said, you are my, the old is gone, the new has come. You are holy. 
they know that they're not to be like this and they become completely discouraged. I love music. You know, when I hear uh, Dave playing the piano, you know, I, often when I listen to any musician, I think, wow, what an incredible sound that they make. What an um, amazing gift it is to play piano. But the more I listen to gifted musicians play the piano, the more frustrated I become because I know I can't play like, like Dave Christie. And when I come, you know, and I try and do all these amazing things, all I can do is... And I can't even do that right. <laughs> but the truth is, when we look at what we're not, we can feel overwhelmingly discouraged. And we can give up. But the truth is, I could become a much better piano player if I just put a little bit of effort in every day for the next 10 years, <laughs> I could become a great piano player. But the way we look at our Christian life often is say, I've made a commitment to follow Christ. He's forgiven me by his amazing grace. Now I should be holy and sinless and spotless because that's what God's declared me to be without realising that Putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ is just the beginning of a journey of be growing more and more and more like Christ in character, in thought, in action, in everything that we do. Becoming like Christ is not an instant thing. We're declared holy and righteous. This is called justification. The moment we put our faith and trust in Jesus, we're forgiven, we're set free, we're, we're declared holy and righteous, we're given eternal life, and God declares, you are right and holy and just. But in actual practice, we still have the same unforgiveness that we might have had to our brother or sister. We still struggle with the same addictions or the same you know, habits that are not Christ-like at all. We still think like a non-Christian. And hence the journey begins of sanctification, of growing to become what God has declared we are in Christ. The truth is, this morning, one day... We will stand before God and we will become what he declares us to be for all eternity. That's glorification. But until that time, God calls us to become more and more like Christ with every passing moment, to seek to become like him in our thoughts, in our actions, in, the, in our character. And from now until the day we go to stand before him, our desire is to be strong, mature, growing in Christ-likeness. So, until then, this is kind of true. We are what we are, but we aren't what we are. So the Holy Spirit helps us as we 
seek to become what we are until we become eternally what we are. Is that all clear? Let's finish up there. We've all got that. (laughs) But the truth is, we are what we are. God declares us righteous and holy, and that is absolutely true. You can take that and own that. That is all through faith in Christ. It's not something we've earned. It's just through faith in Christ that we're declared righteous. But we aren't what we are. Through faith, we're saved and God declares us righteous. But there's so much in our character, in our life, in the way we live that needs to be matched to Christ's ways and Christ's likeness. So the Holy Spirit helps us. We partner with the Holy Spirit. And as we seek to do all that we can to become more like Christ, God works in us through the power of his Holy Spirit, changing our character, changing our minds, changing our thinking and our actions so that we can become what God declares that we are. And we keep doing that until we become eternally what God declares now we are. So how? How on earth should we grow? Now, the, the, the Bible says the focus of our growth should be to become like Jesus, to become like him. Look, look what it says in Colossians 1.15. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. If you want to know what God is like, it's Jesus. Just look at him, his life, his teaching, his actions, and see what the perfect, sinless son of God did while he was on earth, what he taught, what he asked us to do, how he lived. Look at Jesus. He's the image of God. He's God in the flesh. He is who we want to be more and more like. God wants us to become like him. Romans 8.29 says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. He takes us and wants us to be conformed to become like, to be moulded and shaped to be like Jesus, conformed to him. So if Christ is what we want to become more and more like, we'll never be God, we'll never be a God, there's only one God, but we want to become more and more like Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, the answer is simply found in John 15 and 4 to 5. But if you have that chapter with you uh, in the Bible, why don't you look up that with me now? John chapter 15. So, so far we know we're on a journey. Uh, We're not all that we are going to be, but we are what God declares us to be, and we're trying to live it out in our life every day, okay? And the way we do that is we want to become like Jesus, because that's what those verses said. That's what the Bible says. 
And then we say, well, how do we grow like Jesus? How can we become like him? It's good to say that that's what we want to do, but give us some tangible, practical ways to actually grow more like Jesus. And here it says in John 15, verses 4 to 5, Jesus in in chapter 15 talks about that he is the vine and we are the branches. And he says that in our growth to become more and more Christ-like, the obvious answer is to abide in Christ, to have union with Christ, to be connected to him. Look what it says in these verses, four to five. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. These are Jesus' words. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this is very key to how we become like Christ. Because many people miss this kind of remaining in Christ idea and think, I know what to do. I've just got to obey all the laws in the Bible. You know, and then we start to think, well, which ones do we emphasise and which do we make sure that we follow? And we become people who think that becoming like Christ means obeying laws. And what can happen is that you can have a religion where we actually don't know Christ at all, but know how to follow rules. And then what can happen is the most important thing is trying to get people to follow the rules rather than following Christ, who helps us long to follow the rules. You with me there? One way, if we just focus on what we're supposed to do without focusing on abiding in Christ, is that we can have a church that is legalistic and a church void of actually knowing Jesus personally, but so great at pointing out when people aren't following the rules and aren't doing the right thing. But it's not an either or, it's a both and, because when we abide in Christ, when we remain in him, when we depend on him, we love to obey Christ. We love to obey his laws. Look at verse 10 in this, in this chapter. It says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. It's not, do we obey God or do we abide in Christ? No, by abiding in Christ, we love him and we know him and we long to do all that he calls us to do because we know him and we, and we love him. But if we first obey God without knowing Christ, then we have what much of the pharisaical of the day was, where they were so about following rules and doing the right thing that even when the Son of God came among them, they did not recognise him. How we grow to become like Jesus is through abiding in him, remaining in him. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Did you hear that? Apart from him, you can do nothing. So 
the way we grow in Christ-likeness is just doing anything we can to nurture and develop and strengthen our love for Jesus. It's anything that we can do that help us abide in him and remain in him and come to know him more. And some of the obvious things that we won't go in too much today, but just so that you know exactly what some of the things the Bible constantly says uh, that we, that we grow, how we grow fruit as we abide in Christ is through abiding in him through knowing God's word and reading it and, and studying it and memorising it and learning it. Why would we do that? Because if we love him, we want to know what he says. And then we want to get about doing it and obeying it and following him. We find that through life's circumstances, as we're abiding in Christ, we grow in Christ-like character of fruit as we face difficult circumstances. You know, grief and loss and suffering and hunger and hardship and being hurt and facing opportunities to not forgive people can all draw us either further away from Christ or closer to him as we abide in him and cry out to him for strengthening. Life circumstances every day can help us cling more to him or move him apart, move apart from him. Another way that we grow through it is through the people that we meet. Loving one another, serving one another, encouraging one another. As we have fellowship with one another, we grow. I remember people in my church as I was growing up just taking time out to encourage me. And people who were interested in me and shared their faith journey with me and got alongside and and helped me grow in my faith were such a great encouragement to me. People too who really hurt me, (laughs) helped me grow too. Uh, I learnt from people in fellowship. And also through overcoming sin and growing through temptation. Every time you have an opportunity to sin and you overcome that through abiding in Christ and asking him for strength, you grow stronger. And we grow stronger in Christ-likeness and we abide in him. These are are some of the ways that we grow fruit. One key verse is 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says, No temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Every time we're tempted, every time we've faced struggles and we cry out to God as we're abiding in him, we're strengthened in that and we grow. So this is how we grow fruit. What, what does this fruit actually look like? What does this Christ-likeness that we're looking for look like? When we're abiding in Christ and trusting in him for our righteousness before God, as we focus on him, the Holy Spirit continues to develop and work in our life, our character. It's God through the Holy Spirit that shapes and strengthens our character. 
And as we're abiding in Christ and remaining in him through all of the things that we face in life, the Holy Spirit starts to develop his fruit called the fruit of the Spirit. And here it is in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, Paul writes, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Sorry, say it again. Faithfulness, missing faithfulness, gentleness. Good, look, Mandy's picking me up on all the ones that are missing from there. (laughs) Why don't we just add those in? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Don't we get glad Mandy's here. (laughs) I'm sure you would have all picked those up. But there's nine of them. And these things together are the things that we can look for in our life. So the question is, as we just pause here, and you remember back that time when you gave your life to Jesus, when he saved you by his grace, how much of these are evident in your life? Are people saying that you're a loving person? Is there joy in your life? Would you be called a peaceful person, a patient person? Are you faithful? I mean, can people trust you and and really put their faith in you? Are you faithful to God? Is there self-control in your life? Is there goodness? Is there gentleness? Then if you're seeing a bit more of this, God's spirit is working in you as you're remaining in him. Oh, it might be painfully slow. Oh, it might be much uh, harder than you had thought. But if you are growing in these fruit of the spirit, rejoice because God is at work in you. Another chapter that is so uh, key for what the Holy Spirit does in us as we abide in Christ and look to him is that we grow in love. We talked about this for the first two weeks and there's no mistake that we've done that because a living church is a loving church. A living church is a church where we love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and we love one another as ourselves. And Paul said, love is patient, love is kind, It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it is not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. It's pretty simple, isn't it, really, guys? I mean, sometimes we make it complicated, don't we? And we say, oh, we've got to be doing, not doing this, not doing that. We've got to do this, we've got to do that, and all these things. And we go running around madly when abiding in Christ, clinging to him, reading his word, looking through life circumstances, you know, the way we treat one another and looking for the fruit of the spirit in our lives where love is so dominating is a great sign that God is helping you grow. So this morning, now that you know 
that God definitely wants you to grow in Christ-likeness. Now that you know it doesn't happen immediately, you, you are immediately justified. But sanctification or growing in Christ takes a long, is a long process. I just want to let you know that you are in a church that longs that you would grow in Christ-likeness. This church, at the very heart of what we long for, is a church that would be one that would help you grow to become more and more like Christ. See, God wants his church, his bride, his people, his gathered community, you and I, living stones joined together, to be a, a gathered people who build up mature followers of Christ. It's the responsibility of us all together to encourage each and every person to grow in Christ-likeness, to grow in maturity, to build up one another. So a question that we need to ask as a living church is, are we growing disciples that are mature? Are we growing disciples that are strong, ones that are strong in their faith? Are we growing people that are able to say, I've found where I belong. I'm a living stone. And in this house, I will grow. I think there's two things that I want you to know today. That the responsibility falls on you and the responsibility falls on the Holy Spirit to bring about the growth of Christ and likeness in your heart. And as a church, we want to do everything that we can to help each and every person grow in Christ-likeness. And a number of the ways that we do that is here through Sunday services. Uh, Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But come together, spur one another on. Build each other up. And every Sunday service, our desire is that you would grow more and more to become like Jesus. In fact, as a whole church, our vision is thrive. We want you to grow from just coming to know Jesus to becoming a strong, mature follower of Christ. So every service that we have on the weekend is, is, is so that you would come to know Jesus more and grow in your faith. We think about every area. Now... The responsibility is on you to grow. So some of the ways you can do that is, is come, first of all, regularly. Consistently turn up in the house of God and say, God, I'm here with my family. I'm here with, with, with my fellow church members, living stones, and I'm here to worship you, to love one another, to grow, to serve. And as you come... Come with an attitude saying, God, help me grow more like you. Help me become more like you, Lord Jesus, in everything that I do. Don't come for your own entertainment or preferences or just because you want it 
to happen the way you like it, but come to grow. Come to grow more like Jesus. That will help you grow. Second thing, as a living church, we have small groups. And the desire of uh, us together as a church is that you would just not come here to a service where you might not know a whole lot of people and you might not find people sitting down and talking to you about your own spiritual growth. But we have small groups where together you can unpack God's word with one another around you and people can encourage you and strengthen you and pray for you. So it might be that there is a habit, a sinful habit that has a grip on you and, and together you can get your, your small group to pray for you, to help you, to show you verses where God can strengthen you. And right in that small group when you have having ups and downs, they can gather around and support you. Small groups are a great way to grow as you come and be part of it. Now, you can be part of a small group and say, you know what, I like, don't like this small group and should meet at a different time and the leader's got a funny twitch, you know, every time and puts me off or, you know, they don't serve very good coffee or whatever. Or you can turn up... Sorry, is there any leaders that got a funny twitch? <laughs> I don't think there is. But you can turn up otherwise to say, these people are the people that God has given me to help me grow. And I want to help them grow. And I want to share. And I might be able to encourage them as well. And we gather together in that way. Do you know what? Often what happens, and, and this is so important for you to get, to, to get a grip on today. In our journey, somewhere along the line, Many of us who love Jesus deeply get stuck. I mean, there's something out of the ordinary that trips us up. And I don't know, it's different for everybody. Often people find they get to a situation where they just can't forgive the person that hurt them. They want to, they long to, they know that God wants them to, but they can't get the bitterness out. Other people find there's a sin that just keeps grabbing their heart all the time, and no matter how much they pray, Lord, help me, Lord, free me from this, there's just, it's so difficult. They can't. We care about that too, because God doesn't want you to stay there. So we have a counselling centre, the Mustard Seed Counselling Centre. And you know what? This may be the very, very thing you need to keep growing in Christ. Maybe you've hit a spot where you've tried everything and you're so, you know, almost to the point where you're embarrassed to talk about it anymore, where you can go confidentially and talk to people and share uh, with people that can help you through this in a Christ-like, godly way. Other times, there are things where you just don't really understand why God's doing something or why this is happening in your life and a pastoral conversation is just something you, can, you need. You can just call up, have a conversation with me or with Gail or with anybody. You could call up people in your group and just ask godly people who you think you know, have been following Jesus for a while how, what they would do in your situation. A, a living church is a growing church. and We don't ever want you to stop. One day... Jesus is coming. It's going to happen. And my desire, as I know your desire is, that Jesus would look at us and say, here is my bride, holy, blameless. I've declared that they're righteous, my bride. They've been washed through 
my son's death. But look how they have grown. Look at their Christ-likeness. Look how they love me. Church, whatever it is that you do this week, may you abide in Christ, cling to him. And I pray that you will see fruit coming from your life. When something stops that fruit, you'll get help. And along that we would be mature and godly and full of incredible love for God and for one another. Let's pray together. Oh God, we are so thankful. Thankful this morning that you have saved us. That you've declared us righteous and holy and blameless in your sight. And God, thank you that when we do sin, we can come back to the cross and find forgiveness. And that you help us start again. And Lord, for some of us this morning, we've been at the cross so many times asking you to forgive us. And God, I pray this morning that people that are, are stuck would have the courage today to know that we do care. That we long that everyone would grow. And God, for those feeling defeated and knocked down and just feeling like there is no chance that they can have victory. God, would you come along and encourage them of who they are in you? of what you've declared them to be. And God, would you help them find the healing and the forgiveness and the strength to overcome as they abide in you. Oh God, we pray for this church, Wodonga District Baptist Church. Help us to grow in strength as we look to you. Help us to grow mature disciples of you, Lord Jesus. And we pray that when you, when you come, we would be ready, a radiant bride, spotless, and you would take us, Lord, to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning in these remaining minutes, just love you to take the blue card that you have in front of you in your news sheet. And if you would just um, take a few moments to complete that right now.